Welcome, listeners, to our patron episode preview of X-Men Apocalypse. Ra, Krishna, Yahweh. Ever since the world found out about mutants, there have been secret societies who see them as some kind of second coming or sign of God. They believe that tens of thousands of years ago, an ancient being was born the world's first mutant. You are all my children, and you're lost because you follow blind leaders. But I am here now. I'm here for you. So, X-Men Apocalypse released in 2016, starring James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Hoult, Oscar Isaac, Rose Byrne, Evan Peters, Sophie Turner, Ty Sheridan... I think that's fine there. That's, that's the main cast. What about Nightcrawler? Cody Smith someone. I'll, I'll take your word for it. That's his name. I have no idea. He's the guy from The Road. I haven't seen it. Really? Yeah. I have not seen it yet. Huh. Anyway, this is directed once again by Brian Singer. Yes, our boy. Oh, I should, probably shouldn't say that. He'd get excited. <laughs> uh, yes, Brian Singer is back for the last time. Well, yeah, there's only one more to Good. do after this. And he Deadpool won't be two. coming back and he after will not that. be coming back. So this is the last time we have to speak about this guy. So that is good news. Yes. Did you see who was offered the role of Apocalypse? No. Well, I wouldn't say offered, actually. They're more considered for the role. There's a bit uh, of a difference there. I mean, considered is so broad. Yeah, Tom Hardy and Idris Elba had some consideration for Apocalypse. I did see that, actually. Yeah. They <laughs> obviously went to Oscar Isaac instead. Thank God. The role of Cyclops had a couple of different people that they were considering, including Timothy Chalamet, Josh Hutchinson. Remember that guy? Yes. Yeah. What's he from? Hunger Games. That's right. Nothing else. Nothing else. Jesse Plemons. See Jesse Plemons as Cyclops. Weird for Cyclops. Yeah. Imagine him like his role in uh, Game Night as Cyclops. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. Uh, But they had a really strong consideration for Taron Egerton. He actually turned down the role. Well, he does look like Ty Sheridan. That's true. Ty Sheridan, uh, most notably for, I guess, Ready Player One. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Mud, obviously. Joe. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Mud. Joe. Haven't seen Joe. Joe's good. Nick Cage in a good performance. You want to talk about different casting roles here? Jean Grey had uh, Elle Fanning. Chloe Grace Moretz, Haley Steinfeld, Shesha Ronan, Daisy Ridley, Lily Collins, even Margot Robbie all had a, a you know an option here for uh, Jean Grey. Yeah, I think Sophie Turner got very lucky with the timing of this movie coinciding with her Game of Thrones hype. I think that had everything to do with it. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> yeah. Still on the subject of Jean Grey here. Famke Jansen actually had a bit of disappointment that she wasn't asked to come back to appear in the film. She was hoping to get a little, you know, scene-by-scene comparison with Sophie Turner. That's so stupid. I mean, just because she's not getting any more acting gigs (laughs) doesn't mean she needs to come down and try and ruin the X-Men movies. The Taken franchise is over. She's got nothing left. (laughs) So this film had a budget of about $178 million and grossed 155 in America, the 17th of the year, so not good. Uh, worldwide did make $545 million for 15th of the year, but it's still, I mean, this is pretty bad for X-Men, especially in America, to not meet their budget and actually have to have it accumulate over in worldwide, I guess. I don't know, it just doesn't really seem like there's too much left in the X-Men franchise, especially with Dark Phoenix coming up and this whole big spiel about the new mutants getting pushed back and pushed back all the time. I don't see much X-Men happening in the future after what they've well, got. Well, I mean, I think the bigger issue than all of that is that X-Men are now in the MCU universe. They Do you have, think that might actually they save have, it? They have the rights to it. So the problem is you get in this Dark Phoenix movie, which surely is the end of this, and Kevin Feige has said X-Men won't be in it for 
in the MCU for at least five years. So I want to give it a breather. Yeah, give it a breather. I really hope Dark Phoenix ends with everyone dying. <laughs> well, in all fairness, they could realistically do some of that stuff where they can kill off some of these characters that you haven't seen in that future timeline that Wolverine ends up in at the end of Days of Future Past. So you don't see Mystique at the end of Days of Future Past. So she could die. You don't see Magneto. He could die. Obviously, Professor X, Jean Grey, Cyclops, they're not dying. Storm. Storm, of course. But there are a couple of instances where some of these characters could die in the in the Dark Phoenix movie. In fairness, I'm not really sure that they're too concerned with canon in this X-Men universe. Oh, well, I hope they are a little bit. I hope <laughs> they can, you know, have that explanation for, oh, these people are here at the end of, you know, Days of Future Past. The This is the official timeline we're talking about now. Everything else was wiped away. Who knows? Who knows? Who what knows? Who knows? I know we have to talk a little bit more about Brian Singer here, but it seems like he kind of went out of his way to try and hype this movie up. I guess he kind of thought it might have been a little bit shitter than usual because he was going, he came out and he was saying, he, he wanted to deliberately raise the level of graphic violence and gore in this film. The visual effects experts at Digital Domain complied with the concept, but they did think that the uh, e- the Egyptian assassination attempt might have been a bit too much for this kind of film. What do you think of that? Like A little fast forward, there, that, that scene where he gets like embedded in the wall. Oh, that was fine. Yeah? It was more before that when he like cuts his stomach and you get this big gash open up. Oh, yeah, like a surgery kind of thing. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, oh, Jesus. All right, kids, go leave the room. <laughs> Cover your eyes. <laughs> Brian Singer chose Apocalypse as the antagonist to examine the origins of mutants on Earth. He said it deals with ancient mutism, the origin of the mutant state, or the origin of gods and religion. There's a mixture of ancient religion and culturism in the character of Apocalypse. I mean, yeah, I like on. I like you. <laughs> Do you? I, like you, <laughs> you, read a bit about what Brian Singer was saying about this film. He is so far up his own ass. He's kind of ridiculous. He needs to take a step back and realise he's making a movie about, you know, mutants and superpowers. Like, just, he's he's reaching. He's really reaching and he's not grabbing much. Well. Not anymore. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) He called this film kind of a conclusion of the six X-Men film, even though the first ones didn't really have anything to do with this one, really. It's a new timeline. I mean, you can't say they have nothing to do with it because... This is definitely the end of this this first class trilogy, it yes. feels like. And this trilogy does involve Patrick Stewart, Ian McAllen and all that in Days of Future Past. So they are connected somehow. I honestly thought that Days of Future Past would have been the one to finish off the fi- first five, not mm. this one. Mm. But he did say that this that this is a potential for a rebirth of younger, newer characters and the quote-unquote true birth of the X-Men. Is he throwing shade at himself there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing there. He even compared this to Game of Thrones. He's an idiot. He said oh, it's he a did. younger generation finding their powers, finding out who they are and their place in the world. They don't even know if it's the right goal. Everyone's oh. miserable and they want to get that power. I mean, come on. He even described it as a big monster of a movie. I don't know. Is that a negative? Is he trying to say that, you know, it's a big mess? He's just trying to say words to try and get people yeah, to listen he was, to Yeah, he was trying to hype it up. Yep. But overall, it does have an average of 7.0 over 351,000 ratings. I think that's roughly about in the middle of the amount of movies we've done here. Yep. Now, when I did watch this back in 2016... You frothed all over it. I don't. I think you're taking that a bit too far. You did. I gave it a four Five star. Five stars. Yeah. <laughs> four stars. It's interesting to go back and watch these things. <laughs> and realise how much of an idiot you were. Well, we'll get into that right now, shall we? Let's... Thank you very much, listeners, for checking out this patron preview. Yeah, if you want to check out the whole episode, we've got everything on over at patreon.com slash IMDb journey. 
And we've got plenty of other episodes over there, including our Die Hard series, Wes Anderson series, tons of other benefits, early access to our main show. Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want it to be by telling us what movies you want us to review. Yeah, so Dean said a spot on patreon.com slash Journey. Go ahead and head over there and check out all the rewards and benefits that we've got to offer. And we thank you once again for checking us out. Thanks, y'all.